What makes a good leader? Well, you're going to find out on today's show. Now, before we get started on today's show, I want to make sure you're all getting signed up for Epic 2023 in Las Vegas. It's going to be on March 16th and 17th. We have an amazing lineup of keynote speakers and educational breakouts. You will not want to miss it, so get signed up today at epic2023.com. Now, just one more thing before we get into today's show. If you're not signed up for any events, whether it's an in-person event or a virtual event, take a look at the event calendar at events.mycontractuniversity.com and get signed up. They're all absolutely free for all members, so take advantage of it and sign up for some events today. Okay, well, let's get started with this week's content. Today, we have the Optimus team with some great content on leadership, so pay close attention. Take it away, team. What is it that you think makes a good leader? I know, I know you're very highly respected as a leader. I know Donna talks about you all the time, and other people have talked about What is it that you think makes a good leader? Um, well, uh... I don't know. I necessarily say I'm a good leader, but I think I said that I'm, I'm a very attentive one. Uh, I try to be available, uh, maybe to a fault sometimes. I, I will answer my phone at all hours at any time. And I figure if I'm getting a call after hours, it's got to be really important. So uh, yep. uh, I think maybe to the annoyance of my wife or my family, I mean, I will pick up the phone. Uh, I, I picked it up. Uh, I had one of my salespeople, she called, she had a, her truck was broken into. And uh, she texted me at 5.45. I called her right back. I think she was blown away that I uh, picked up the phone. But um, I want them to know at all times that they can reach me and I can provide sort of, you know, guidance or help or whatever they need. Uh, and I think that is probably the most important thing that they know that they can depend on you. And I, I kind of look at myself like, even though I'm uh, younger than some of my salespeople, I'm kind of the older brother. I probably have the most experience out of all of them. And I try to pass that on in any way that I can help them in any way, always answer the phone. Yeah, I, I think of being available and having custom people, having your people know that you are accessible has got to be really important. I know, Donna, that's a really big thing for you. It is a big you. thing. I actually feel the same mm -hmm. way, Matt. And if a contractor needs me and they call out of hours, um, they'll, I'll get calls on Saturdays and so Friday nights when I'm out. I'll get a call I from think a I've contractor. Done that a few times myself, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have. Um, and I'll pick up the phone because it is, I want my contractors and really even my team, if my team needs me as well, I want to make sure that I am there for them. Uh, that is a really good sign of a leader. And I know Matthew is a good, does a good job of picking up the phone when we need him as well. So I think that's a really good uh, quality, one yeah, of the top. Being, be, no, being accessible is, inc is incredibly important. They need to know that you're there for them for the support that they've got. Um, do you, I, I certainly, you guys have KPIs and you guys certainly have goals that you want to, that you kind of want to, um, you want to hold people accountable, because accountability is important, right? You have to know exactly what people are doing and, you know, if they don't have a goal, it's your job to coach them to that goal. So obviously, but tell us a little bit about that. Are you, um, you know, do you, are you more of a micromanager where you work with them on a, on a regular basis and you're asking how many calls they're making or how many, like, tell us about kind of the style that you've got with people that, that you seem to be working for you. 
Um, I wouldn't call it like laissez-faire, but I, I really am not a micromanager. Um, uh, I watch a lot of movies, and uh, there was a uh, director, John Houston, who once said that a lot of times when he's making the movie, uh, a lot of the work is before he even shoots any film is in the casting. So if you hire the right people, you, you just kind of let them do their jobs. I mean, especially if they're new, you're, you're definitely going to be working with them a little more intensively. But um, my number one, I really don't get into, I mean, unless she needs me to, or she's asking, uh, she has a, a couple of days where she's uh, having a rough time. If there's anything I can do, but I know she always comes right back. So uh, I was in sales. I know it can be very up and down. Uh, you're really going to have to have uh, quite a cluster of, bad days going into weeks and months before I'm really going to step in. Of course, if they ask, I'm always right there. But the KPIs, I mean, if I've hired somebody, I have a lot of faith in them already. And a lot of times it's just a matter of what I have to do to really kind of activate that. Um, and uh, whether it's ride-alongs, I mean, I'll just kind of intensively work with one person. Uh, I almost kind of have one person that might be the lowest person on totem pole, and I'll just work with them, get them up. And then I kind of always work on the next guy who's the lowest. And then, of course, while I'm doing that, I mean, he was calling me about other issues they're having. I'm working with, them. but uh, no, I, uh, you know, I have I, I hire adults. I, I don't have to necessarily get in their business all the time. Uh, I, I mean, I look over the numbers every day and the jobs they went on, and if there's, uh, uh, I'm really big about leaving options. And if they don't leave enough options, and I see that consistently, I might check in with them, see what that's about, but. If it's one or two, there I figure there's probably a pretty good reason. And, you know, I don't want them to think I'm constantly eagle-eyeing every minute of the day what they're doing. Yeah, I know, I know from my perspective, a lot of times um, I manage kind of differently depending upon the person that I'm actually that's on my team. Because I do know that like everybody works in their kind of their own way. They they learn on their own in their own methodology. Some are audio learners, some need to, the visualization. I, so you really kind of, in my opinion, you really got to kind of know the, the employee that you've got. And if you don't understand them, it's really going to be hard to connect. And I know, Donna, this is a big thing with you because you have talked multiple times about us, about you like very clear either direction or lists or very clear, <laughs> no, and that, and again. I like numbers. Right, you, I, like, uh, you like numbers, yeah. whereas I have other people who literally just You're absolutely get out of right. the way, Matthew, just don't worry about uh, <laughs> about us and we'll, and we'll check in later. And I know this is a big thing for you, right? I like to be judged, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is to that. I like numbers, I like to see my performance. And if I'm not doing as well as that I, I think that I am doing, I pick up the pace a little bit. Or um, if I'm doing really well, I'll take the week off. <laughs> No, I'm only kidding. No, you're not kidding, but that's, <laughs> kidding. But that's perfectly fine. No, it is. <laughs> you're so right about that. If you can read an employee and, and uh, you know, a, a team member, and you can figure out what's going to inspire them um, in a certain way, we all get inspired different ways. If you're somebody that can read that, that's a really good quality and the, as well. The question I have for you, Matt, is from a sales function, you know, the sales managing a sales team is very different than managing, managing an administrative team. And I'm willing to bet it's significantly different managing a 
team of technicians, right? I mean, I got to think that there's very much a different process behind the sales and the and the technicians. And if we focus on sales right now, because it's really primarily what your direction is, um, is it, you know, is it are they driven by bonuses and the mighty dollar, or are they driven by by a pat on the back, or are they driven by just you're looking for people that are kind of self-driven where you're not having to supplement those those issues. I'm just curious, like, what your thoughts are there. Well, a couple of things. As I said, uh, I don't find so much a difference between male and female, but it is a generational one I definitely see. Uh, I'm, uh, I guess, what uh, marketers would call like a Gen Xer. Uh, I think you guys are uh, Gen X around the same age. I find that. The Thank you for being polite. I'm sure you were going somewhere else there with that. A little that. bit outside I'm sure the you were box. Going somewhere. No, I am. I am. I'm the very first Gen Xer. Is what okay. I am. So go on. I'm a later <laughs> one. Younger than that. Five, but, um, I do find that they're a little more self-sufficient, and they, as uh, sounds like how Donna likes to work, they like clear guidelines and pretty much just step back. And you know, I don't usually have to write the ship too much with them. Um, uh, or I guess that's not really the right term, I guess, in terms of a lot of uh, uh, work. And uh, I don't get nearly as many phone calls as I do from the younger ones, where am I doing this right? Do I do this or I do that? And I really, I think with the younger ones, have to let them know. I really sort of trust. I always tell them, use your best judgment. And I kind of walk them through it. A lot of times, uh, the younger ones will be calling me about stuff that I know they know the answer to. And I just sort of have to have them kind of arrive to it. The older ones, I generally don't get that. Um, so, uh, but in terms of what motivates them, uh, yeah, I mean, they all like recognition, but I think salespeople are kind of uniquely sort of mercenary, I guess. They're really, <laughs> they really are ultimately in it for the money. And that's, that's not a bad thing. Uh, so no. uh, bonuses, uh, we have a pretty nice bonus program set up when they hit certain uh, milestones. Uh, we, we have bonus uh, checks and uh, that's one of the things is I make sure that they get their bonuses right away. Uh, there's no playing around with it. There's no, uh, you know, I know some sales managers want guys to sort of track their own numbers. I track them actively, let them know, hey, you're only 50,000 away from this milestone and I make sure they have the check right away. The uh, Our controller, I think I maybe stepped on her toes a little bit, but uh, so I, I I do have a I do have a, a a natural question that comes to mind from a financing standpoint. We have a lot of contractors, a lot of dealers that will hold, and maybe that I I don't want to be saying this question wrong and setting you up incorrectly, right? I don't want to throw too much of a softball to you, but um, does does using utilizing finance or utilizing programs that have a dealer cost does that affect a salesperson's commission structure in any way? Sure. Um, yeah, that is a, a, a apply towards the calculation. I mean, we pay every week, but it's on jobs from two weeks before, so we can get all the subcontractors or financing in. Um, one of the things, as I was saying, in terms of options, the other component of that is financing, always offer financing. And one of the things that I liked really with the optimists is just that they can just put the name in, you get a soft win inquiry, and then you don't have to resell it if maybe on the first look they didn't get it yet. So that's something that's worked out really well. It's like, well, and you don't have to have really that uncomfortable conversation with somebody. This is what you qualify for. Uh, you don't have to tell them, well, you didn't qualify for this. 
but you qualify for this and uh, you just go straight to it. So that coupled with the options, uh, I think you're definitely going to help with the closing percentages and uh, well, yep. frankly, with the financing, it helps with the average uh, sale, which we're very proud of our average sale. No, that's 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 that. I love hearing that because a lot of times you talk to some contractors who maybe don't have quite as robust an org sales organization as you have, and when you talk to them, when they're sometimes you'll see organizations that when their salespeople have used financing, they literally are taking the dealer fees directly out of the commission, which is really kind of teaching a salesperson not to be using a tool that's going to help them close a bigger sale. So the question is, you're embracing finance, and you guys are presetting all of your, you're kind of presetting all the plans that they can use, correct? Correct. Right. Yeah. So uh, so, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, whether it's Green Sky, FPL, yeah, we have those all sort of uh, taken mm-hmm. uh, beforehand. I'm sorry, please go ahead. Right, and they know, they, you've given them clear direction on when they can use, say, and again, Completely making things up. So it's not like I see access to what you guys are using or not using, right? But like, if they want to use at this particular time a zero for 60, which is a significant dealer fee, you might have that plan. Do you allow them to use, do you allow them the freedom to use what they need at the time? Or do you have it set up so that they can only use certain plans with certain product? Well, uh, they have a, a bank of them to work with. And uh, when I talk to them, I mean, you really, one of the things when you're a salesperson is you have to kind of keep a running tally in your head on what you're discounting or what's costing towards the job. So if you're putting a higher, uh, maybe that has more of a bite from the financing, you may not be able to discount it nearly as much. Or if you're ready to take that cut, you might be able to do it. But you should know exactly what you're dealing with when when you're doing it. and. I think that's something that for a salesperson, I can really only come with experience. It is tough to try to keep that math going in your head, but it is applied to the uh, the ultimate calculation of the job. Yeah, no, and that's, again, it's it's fascinating. The, the, the goal is to not allow it to become a detriment to your to your people, it should be a skill they learn. Um, another facet that I would love to talk to you a little bit about I'm sorry, tell them you just treat like no, the no, brain or the electrician or, you know, whatever. And you're, okay, so another aspect that I'm really fascinated with that I hear talking a lot about leadership, and I know this is something that we have to work on internally a little bit better ourselves, is um, ongoing education, ongoing training within employees, right? It's It's really habit, and again, we fall into the habit sometimes of, okay, they know their job, they've got the skills, and then you find yourself going way too long between opportunities to sit down and kind of train, and and we should actually do it, I, I say this to Eric, our, our sales manager all the time, it's like, it should be like batting practice, and I know you're a baseball fan, by the way, <laughs> um, which is which is interesting, because the title of this one is quarterbacking a two-minute drill, because it's all about leading your field is football season, lead your, season, your field on this, and you're telling me you're a baseball Padres fan. So um, I guess it's, I guess we should be talking about closing, ninth inning closing, not a, not a quarterbacking a two minute drill. But can we talk about your training? Do you like, is training, how heavily do you invest in training? And do you have an ongoing kind of nonstop process? I'm assuming you do. 
Yeah. Um, well, when we bring somebody on, and like I said, a lot of times we do have folks that have no prior experience in the industry. So uh, the first two months, the first eight weeks, and I have gone a little more than that, is that they're doing ride-alongs with every single uh, they're with every single uh, person on the sales team. Or number one to some of the newer folks. And uh, the thing that's important also is you got to make sure that those guys don't micromanaging are really sort of following the process also. Uh, we also have them within that time. They're watching the uh, EGIA videos, the Weld and Long videos, uh, which have the nice little. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I know you attached with EGIA. Have the little quizzes at the end. I always tell them that uh, uh, it's probably best to just take a quiz. They're short little quizzes after each video. They're about five or six questions. I say just keep taking them until you get a hundred. If you have to, just watch it again. Um, and they're self-paid, so eight weeks they should be able to go through all of those pretty quickly. That's sort of a, just a basic kind of boot camp. The thing with uh, heating and air in terms of sales techniques, a lot of it is uh, really only going to come with experience in terms of the technical. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, this morning we just had somebody out from Daikin doing uh, training on ducted mini splits, and uh, I try not to inundate them with too much, too long all at once and try to make it fun. I mean, a lot of times I'll, I'll uh, have breakfast. We have a nice group. Everyone's uh, familiar with each other, been joking around. Uh, so uh, yeah, we tend to have about one training uh, a week on various aspects, uh, or we'll have maybe our field supervisors talk about maybe duct issues. A lot of times I find that when we're having some sort of issue in terms of a problem, it will hit a few jobs. We get them in clusters and we'll sort of talk about it in very general terms and not singling anyone out. But just trying to keep a constant rolling, uh, pouring knowledge in their head. Job walks are a big thing also. Uh, we have them job walk on just about every single job, especially if they're green, if there's anything that they may have missed, working with the installers uh, that maybe they should know for the future. Um, but it's just constant kind of at all angles, uh, a knowledge coming in. So I do want to touch on on uh, something you mentioned there, which is which is fun. So Matt, you talk about, and I think this is really one of the most underrated things. I think people want to have fun at their job, right? Everybody wants to be successful, and like anything, if we go back to the quarterbacking a two minute drill, nothing's more fun than winning, right? Let's just acknowledge that from the start, right? Nothing's more fun than winning. So when you close the sale and you get a big ticket, that's fun. Doesn't matter doesn't matter what else you're doing inside the organization, that's fun, but. There are going to be times where the organization has to make that participatory so that you keep people kind of valuing the culture and valuing what they're doing. So what are you guys doing or what do you do to kind of keep it fresh, keep it fun, keep people kind of involved in things? Well, uh, uh, we are a big believer here at Anderson. We take the uh, personality tests, the color code tests. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. We're developed, uh, it'll divide personalities with red, blue, yellow. Uh, red is kind of more of a type A personality. Uh, let me guess, you're looking for lots of pink. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yellow is more bring it over. of a uh, fun one. And nobody is all one color. Everybody is, uh, uh, we're in a new office here, and I had a chart where I have kind of each person on what their dominant color is on a magnet. And just kind of as a reminder when I'm talking to them, sort of uh, as uh, dealing with them as an individual, mine is a yellow, which is a lot of, uh, well, fun. Uh, so 
uh, yeah, I do like to keep it light. I like to keep it short. I know when I was a salesperson that I liked my uh, meetings not super long and drawn out. Uh, I like to get to the information, the most important stuff. And uh, I find they're much more receptive to it if, if, if we're keeping it kind of light. And, uh, and try to foster a atmosphere where anyone can ask questions, that there's no sort of judgment. We all run into things. A lot of times I'll ask the question that uh, I think maybe they might be. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not afraid to make an ass of myself. Pen's coming on here. <laughs> hey, Matt, what happens, what happens when you have um, an, a disruptor, an employee or a team member that um, doesn't quite fit in with the whole team? Maybe they're uh, disgruntled or something. Do you give them time to work it out or do you know right away that this person is not going to work with your team? Well, I think everybody, you really, especially if you hired them, uh, maybe you had an idea about them. And, uh, you know, I think you want to give anyone uh, uh, the chance to, to, to sort of reform themselves. If we do get folks, though, that occasionally, not many, but uh, maybe where they have a difficult personality. Salespeople, as I said, I mean, there is an aspect where some of us can be a little bit kind of prima donnas, where we have some real producers. My my number one, uh, I mean, I think the world of her. I mean, she's uh, among the easiest. Uh, she is by far my easiest one. Uh, she almost doesn't even need a man. Don't tell her I said that. But uh, <laughs> but a lot of times where, where you get them like that, uh, at some point, the toxicity they're going to bring to the atmosphere, I mean, it just outweighs whatever problems they're going to, uh, whatever production they're going to have. I mean, they're going to have problems with the, Salespeople, they're going to have problems with the installers, and it's just it's just not worth it. So a lot of times, though it seems counterintuitive, you're going to have to at some point probably just cut them off because they're going to affect the whole team. Well, thank you so much uh, to our Optimus team for coming in and presenting that information. It's amazing content, as always. We really appreciate it. Now, listen, be sure and share this on Facebook. And if you're not a member, I want you to click the link and sign up for a free trial. It's a 30-day free trial. You get access to all of our content. And I guarantee you, if you follow the advice, if you take the courses, you will take your company to new places, new amounts of success. Well, that's our show for this week, guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, bye-bye for now.